This morning, we're going to take a step out of our series to share a testimony with you that we think is really important. Some of you have known Peggy Holman for years as a dear sister in Christ and as a dedicated member of our church. For those of you who don't know Peggy or didn't know Peggy, um, you may remember that a few months ago there was, uh, which also is a little different for City Life, there was a moment in our service where, where Andy finished preaching and there was a woman in, near the back of the room who stood up and said, Pastor Andy, I have something to share. And uh, that amazing woman who shared what was on her heart that morning was Peggy Holman. And what you might not know, because she didn't show it much, she was so faithful She carried the joy of the Lord with her. What you might not know is that Peggy was battling cancer for the last seven years and had some really hard seasons physically. But you would never know it because of her faith and joy and contentment in the Lord. And specifically, over the last several months, there's no other way to say it than that God has been doing something powerful in and through Peggy Holman, through the Holy Spirit. And it became really clear to Andy and I and the elders that God was at work in her life and that he had given her a message to share with others. So a couple of months ago, we actually, Andy and, and, and Troy Trussell, our video, videographer, went to Peggy and Jerry's house to film a testimony. We really felt like what God was doing in her, her life was so important that we wanted to get recorded. She had more to share than just what she shared on Sunday morning. So, so Andy went there and he had a few questions lined up that he was going to ask Miss Peggy to kind of prompt her kind of interview style. But as you watch this video, what you'll see is it's a one-take wonder. There's, Andy asked one question and then Peggy just rolled. It's the Lord clearly had and has something to share through her story with us. And what's interesting is... Uh, you know, lots of times with testimonies, we'll post them on social media or we'll post them on the website. But, but as we watched this testimony, it felt too important to just throw up on the website. It felt like something that all of us needed to hear. And so we wanted to give it a dedicated moment in worship. And we actually picked out this morning as the morning to show this testimony and kind of build the liturgy around it. Not knowing that the Lord was going to call Miss Peggy home to be with Jesus three weeks ago. But I would tell you this, that, you know, as we've talked to Jerry and as we've approached the Sunday, deciding to continue on with sharing her testimony, we think knowing that Peggy Holman is in the presence of the Lord right now, experiencing complete joy with Jesus, makes the message that you're about to hear from her even more pertinent for us. And while we believe, as you know, as a church, that the preaching of God's word is the foundation for our worship, we also believe that testimony and testifying to the Lord's goodness is deeply biblical and a deeply uh, spiritual practice that God has given us. So I want to read from just Psalm 71, 15 through 18, before we watch this video. It says this, My mouth will tell about your righteousness and your salvation all day long, though I cannot sum them up. I come because of the mighty acts of the Lord, of Lord God. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone, 
God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still proclaim your wondrous works, even, even while I am old and gray. God, do not abandon me while I proclaim your power to another generation, your strength to all who are to come. This morning, we get to hear Miss Peggy proclaim God's power to another generation. We would be wise to ask the Spirit what he might want to say to us through her this morning. Let's listen together. Well, I was raised in a Christian home. We always went to church, and I, and I, I believed young in God, but it was, you know, as a child. I remember praying on my knees for a doll for Christmas. One week later, I found something else I wanted, and I was embarrassed to go back to God to say, could I have this? And I knew I was wrong, and I never, I asked him, but then I, I never thought about those things again. And I just think about that, but, but it showed that I believed, you know, even though I didn't have an understanding. I mean, I went to uh, two years of catech, catechism classes. I was the ace in the hole for the pastor. I knew, I memorized, I was so seeking to know that I belonged to him, but it was just going over my head. It, it didn't, it, I didn't have the Holy Spirit to, to teach me. So I had, God gifted me with a great friend who was a Christian of the same denomination, and her faith was strong. She really kept me, God gave her to me to keep me safe during that time. But then when we graduated from college, we went separate ways and suddenly I had to stand on my own and I realized it wasn't working. I'd go to church and I got no peace. Praying was difficult. I kind of gave up on it. Well then Jerry and I met and were married in 1970. We realized we needed to get a church. So that's what drove us. He'd been raised at City Life First Baptist. And so we decided to go to a Baptist church first. And uh, that was where I heard for the very first time the gospel of Jesus loved me so much that he, I mean, that he really he died for me, but it was very personal. No longer this God died for the world, it was for me. And all I had to do was ask him to forgive me. He would take me just like that. And I, I'd never heard it like that. I eagerly grabbed that and uh, was baptized, had joy, but it was, didn't last because I didn't know how to grow. So, you know, we went on with life and I was trying to do it in my own strength, failing, felt very defeated, really started believing the lies that Satan would give me that I'm not really saved. How can you be saved if you're not praying regularly, you're not reading the Word. You know, I was, so it was very defeating. I finally read a book by Brennan Manning, Lion and the Lamb, that really helped me get over that, that God was not tired of me coming to Him, and I needed to hear that. So that helped me over that hump. And there were times, you know, when we had difficulties in life where, I mean, I was flat on my face, you know, praying, things with our kids and stuff like that, and, and I felt you know, his power at work, but then it, it just, I just kept going back into my old habits. So about 13 years ago, a very good friend invited me to Bible study, Bible study fellowship. And that was the beginning of real growth. Being regularly in the Word, 
and I'm learning learning who God is, His character, His sovereignty, His power, His love. I mean, everything about who God really is began to just grow my faith. And from that point on, you know, I was praying more, and I especially, st- I don't remember what year, and I don't know which comes first, but then I was given the cancer diagnosis in 2016, and I knew it was from the Lord, and I had, I really was able to accept it uh, because I knew I needed turning to Him and that He was using this to bring me back to Him. And maybe I was naive, I don't know. I just know that I trusted that He had a plan and a purpose for this. I don't know if this was before or after, but I was directly praying that the Lord would give me deep assurance that I was His. You know, the word, and I kept praying, saying, Lord, Rish, I need need this. And uh, so I was asking, and I was knocking. Um, He doesn't answer right away, but I trusted that he would. The real big change happened for me on Easter this year, and Easter wasn't what made it significant. It was because our daughter was here. You know, I had to tell her kind of what the doctor had told me about our my timeline for this year, and it was, I was glad to be able to talk to her in person. And while we were talking, I got the impression that God wanted me to go farther. And so I said, Lord, okay, um, I wanted to ask my daughter for forgiveness because I know I was not. I, w- I loved her dearly, but you know, you make mistakes. So I thought, okay, I'm just gonna, we're, we got this conversation and we're just being so tender. So I asked her to forgive me for the things that I had not done well. And then she opened up and asked for forgiveness for what she had done as a teenager. So it was a really tender moment and one I'll never forget. And I don't know how long it was. I know I was walking around the house for exercise with my little walker. All of a sudden, this power, it was an energy that just, and I remember it flowing down through me, and it was so clearly from God because with it was love, joy, unspeakable, peace, assurance, and what came with it that kind of took me by surprise was freedom. It all came, and you know, I'm not hearing words, but it, it's, it was knowledge that this was what was happening. And I, I just began praising and singing and thanking Him, so the tears are flowing as I'm, as I'm walking. I remember just throwing up my hands and saying, Lord, I don't want to carry this junk with me anymore, resentments that I've held on to hurts that I review, you will take my burden and you will give me rest. And that's what I want. So it was, I've told people, it was kind of like I, I, a kid at a gymnastics club that was flinging himself into the, the, the sponge pit. <laughs> I just, and I had always been afraid to do that. I was afraid because when I had tried to serve him in the past, I was doing it in my own strength and such a failure sometimes, and I was always held back by fear. And what is he going to ask of me? And I can't do it. I I can't. This time there was no fear because I, I found that he gives you the power to do whatever he asks of you to do. I was free. And that's, I think we bought this picture because it's kind of representative of what I'm feeling right now the chains that were holding me. 
I didn't, I didn't forgot to say that I realized I've suffered from social anxiety all my life. And we have a lot of stuff that filters down in our family from a grandmother. And so I thought, you know, everybody else has got, what if I got that I'm thinking is normal? And I realized this is what I've been fighting all my life. Relationships have not been easy, and I, I tend to pull back. I might start a relationship, but then it fizzles out. It was, I, you know, I see other people just being so free, um, and I wondered, how, how do I get that? Well, that's one of the things he released me from. I no longer have any fear. I am free. I am bold. I go up to strangers. I tell them about Jesus. Something I could never have done before. And I, as I said before, it's, I experience a foretaste of heaven, and now heaven is so exciting to me. I have no fear of death. I have no fear of anything really right now. You know, I knew this was a gift when, when the Holy Spirit came to me, that it was I was not going to be on this mountaintop all the time. Um, and I said, Lord, I understand that this is a gift to me for this time, and I want to use it for your glory. Please don't leave me where I was. Please continue to work in me however you want. So after... Uh, maybe five or six days, I began to notice it was slowly diminishing. And that's probably good because I was, I was using energy. <laughs> and uh, uh, so then, yeah, for another week, I, and again, I just kept praying, Lord, continue to use me. I'm yours. I just give you my whole life, whatever you want to do. And uh, so, yes, he's, he's teaching me now how to, how to, practice abiding in him and that's the message I want to give is that this is available to everyone who has Christ I was saved when I was 25 and I know it now because I can even look back and see how he was working in my life I can see it um, and he, he takes you with even the littlest bit of faith if you come to him he's gonna take you and once you're his he will never let you go so I just missed 50 years of the power that I could have had in my life, and I don't want anybody else to go through that. This is for every believer. Jesus has such a storehouse of treasures that He wants to pour out on us, and we, we still try to live this life in our own strength, afraid to surrender for, for whatever the fears are, or maybe just ignorance and not understanding what is available to us. We have to ask. You don't have because you don't ask. What is it Jesus said? You know, I stand at the door and knock. You know, ask and you'll receive. Anything that we're needing, wisdom, power, joy, help through a difficult time because he does not take us out of difficulties. He takes us through it, but he gives us the strength. We are not walking alone. He leads me beside the still waters. He's so gentle. He's so gentle. He doesn't ask more than what we're able to do. He leads us along. So he gives us these good times of rest, but then he's also with you when you go walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, you're going to have both. And, and be aware that this isn't just, oh, suddenly you're living a life that has no problems. It's no longer panic. You have calm. And I... I I, I can't, t it, it happens, it will happen. Everybody's gonna be a little bit different, but don't wait. Ask him now and begin praying for it. Seek him.
there's things that you need to turn over to him, start doing it. If there's somebody you need to go to, don't be afraid. Go and because when you're vulnerable, they become vulnerable and things just start happening. The Lord will come um, and give you life abundantly like what he wants to give us. And we're cutting ourselves short by not asking for that. So when the elders saw that video, we just made the decision that this testimony was too important for us to cruise past. Um, we believe it's a word for our church. Um, Peggy said a lot of things. It was unbelievable to listen to her. Just, it just rolled off of the mouth. I mean, it was, a, it was a Holy Spirit moment as Peggy shared her story and her heart and her conviction and her desire, church, for you and me, for us as a body, to, to be able to experience what she experienced. And so I just want to highlight a few of the things that, that Peggy shared. Um, one of the things that Peggy shared is that when she came to this church in her 20s, she experienced the gospel in a personal way, that the gospel became this personal reality for her, where it wasn't just this story for the world, but it was a story for her, and that she experienced Jesus personally by faith. I love what she said there at the end. If you have but a little bit of faith, he'll take you. Um, if you don't know Jesus this morning, I want to invite you to come to Christ and to know the Jesus that Peggy knew. But the second thing that she talked about was not only the gospel being a personal reality, but also the gospel being a powerful reality. Peggy said that for 50 years of her life, she lived without appropriating the power of the gospel in her life. And, and my hunch is that there are many of us in the room today who would confess Jesus as Lord, but they would say, man, I'm living a defeated life. And this isn't the promise of, of a sinless perfectionism, but this is the hope and the promise of the gospel that, that Jesus not only frees us from the penalty of our sin, but that in the power of the Spirit, Jesus comes to free us from, from, from sin shackles, from the power of sin over us, that we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Peggy was talking about in her story. And that, 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 that freedom, that power came for Peggy through personal surrender. It came as, as she came to this moment in her life where she, she pictured it as jump, jumping into the sponge pit at, at a jumpy park. Of just, of just going all the way in with God. And as she fully surrendered herself to Jesus... She experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in her life. And so the invitation this morning is, is, is really simple. It's to fully and completely surrender your life to Jesus. And so maybe, maybe you're here in the room this morning. Maybe you've been in the church your whole life. Maybe this is your first time to walk through the doors of a church ever. Or maybe it's been a long time doesn't matter. Maybe you've never given your life truly to Jesus. Maybe you've never experienced the good news of the gospel in a personal way. I want to invite you to experience Jesus personally this morning. That Jesus, the son of God, left heaven and came to earth. He lived the life that you could not live. 
a life of sinless perfection, that he offered himself as an atoning sacrifice for sins, that he died in your place so that you could be reconciled to God, so that you could be made right with God, so that you could have eternal life, so that you could have the hope and the peace that Peggy Holdman talked about this morning. If you've never received Jesus by faith this morning, I wanna invite you to trust in Jesus as your savior and as your Lord. But maybe you're a believer in Jesus and yet you haven't been experiencing the power of the gospel in your life because you've been holding on to something. In Luke chapter nine, there's this scene where someone comes to Jesus and says to him, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. And in response, Jesus says, foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And then it says another, to another, he said, follow me. And then in response, that person said, first, let me go bury my father. And Jesus told him, let the dead bury their own, but you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one who puts hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. What's Jesus saying? Essentially, he's saying this, don't let anything stand in the way of following me. That Jesus takes preeminence, that he's, he is the most important thing, that he loves us too much to let us live in the lie that we can have our cake and eat it too. That if you want the power of the gospel at work in your life, it's not a Jesus, I'll follow you, but lifestyle. He's worth more than whatever it is that we would choose to hold on to. He's worth complete surrender. And if you want to experience real freedom in your life, you got to give up everything. He's worth everything. And so the invitation this morning today is to come to Jesus in complete surrender, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself. No more holding out, no halfway. The rich young ruler, he, he walked away from Jesus sad because he was unwilling to give up everything. He was unwilling to go and fully surrender. So what about you this morning? Is there anything that you're holding on to? Is there anything that you need to confess? Is there anything that you need to repent of this morning? Is there someone that you need to be reconciled to? Peggy tells the story of being reconciled to her daughter and that really being a breakthrough in her life. Maybe you need to be reconciled to someone this morning. We wanna create space in the room. I know this is a little bit of a different practice for us than our normal, normal practice. We wanna start living into some of this because we believe the spirit is alive. We believe the spirit is, is a person of the Trinity and we, we wanna create space to respond to God's spirit. And the goal here, I wanna be really clear, is not to manipulate you. It's not to, it's not to create some emotional reaction. But we really do believe that every time we gather together as God's people, God is here among us, his spirit is moving, and that we have the opportunity to respond to what the spirit is saying to us. And so I want to just encourage you not to miss out on what the spirit might be doing in your heart today. We need to learn to do that in here because the same spirit lives in us and is out there in the world every day. And we can live as people who are always sensitive 
to the Spirit and abiding in His presence and walking in His power, following His leading and His prompting. And so let's learn to respond to what the Spirit is saying. So there's freedom in the house this morning. You need to hit your knees, hit your knees. If you need to find someone and pray with them, go find them. There's freedom to move about the room. There's gonna be people available up front. If you need prayer, if you want counsel, we just wanna make ourselves available. You can sing with the worship team. However the spirit leads you, we just wanna encourage you to respond this morning. So let me pray for us. And then let's, let's have a time of response. Father, we thank you for the life of Peggy Holman this morning. We thank you that even as she dwells in your presence, in joy unspeakable, her testimony speaks to us and invites us into a glimpse, a taste of what she's experiencing in fuller reality even now. God, we don't have to wait to heaven. We can experience your presence now as we fully surrender ourselves to you. And so God, I pray that in the room this morning, you would just have freedom, that you would convict and move and lead and prompt and nudge, and that God, we wouldn't hold ourselves back. Lord, let us not be the kind of people who say, yes, Jesus, I'll follow you, but first. Let us be the, let us be the kind of people that fall at your feet and worship you you're worthy of our trust. You're worthy of our worship. You're worthy of us giving our whole selves to you. Let us hold nothing back. Lord, we pray that you would move in these moments and that you would, you would move in a way where you receive all of the honor and the glory and the praise. And so God, we invite you into this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.